Welcome, friends, to this intuitive public radio. You are listening to episode 193, The World Cult and You, with Saul Luckman, recorded the 2nd of October, 2023. This is part one. Enjoy. Hi there, Max. Hello, Saul. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> a lot has happened since the last time we spoke using this medium. Yes, yeah, so much, really. It's, it feels like that was almost a different incarnation. A bit. Yeah. Um, did you get caught up in this in this nor'easter at all? This Which crazy one? weather pattern. Um, uh, yeah, right. It seemed like a bunch. Um, we haven't had a lot of storming here, if that's what you mean. Um, our air quality has been better, actually, than it was in August. So the, it's it's been very pleasant and often sunny here. I, I've been doing some some sun gazing in the morning and in the evening that I, I didn't I didn't think I could do because we're not in a we're not in a spot where the sun is like close to the horizon. But I've been doing that a little more and the weather's just been very nice for it. Have you been getting storms? Yeah, we had about a nearly a, a week or, or the better part of a week of just rain and, you know, off and on bad, bad weather, which is very strange for Florida. It, you know, this part of Florida anyway, we don't have long stretches typically like that. And the ocean has been all churned up and pretty unsurfable. And so that's been and a bit of a, a drag. I was looking forward to a little more surfing here in October. So, so I'm far sorry. that hasn't happened. I'm sorry that it interrupted the surfing. The surfing sounds really great. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what really matters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything else is just, you know, bread and circus and responsibility, but the surfing is, is where I, I tend to tap into my inner child I admit to being really in love with thunderstorms and I I might be feeling a bit of a struggle with a little bit of envy that you are having rainstorms and and we have not been having them which might bring them to me um very I might it might it shut down <laughs> that's right um I know we you know the last time we talked we were talking um this was Maybe I'll link in the if I can remember to do this in the show notes to our last conversation. But I, we were talking a lot about trafficking and trauma and uh, and other and other um, subjects. And since then, I ended up writing a a book that touches on some of that and goes into that entire way of looking at the world uh, from a perspective of somebody. Uh, well, I want to let me let me unpack this a little bit differently. I think I've introduced the cult concept into the discussion more more directly by by writing the world cult and you and and I I was thinking maybe we could just start off talking about your experience of uh, of this material, the experience of the book so far, and and we can get into all the intersectionality because it's you know there's so many cross currents with this discussion. But I wanted to start by just giving you uh, the floor, if that's okay, to talk about your experience of reading the world cult and you so far. I think I'm on chapter four. 
It's really well done. I'm really enjoying it. Um, the major connection points for me, um, for me personally, are that um, this subject, so like when you started to publish posts on your Substack about cult behavior, and one of your major focuses was that um, it's primarily the, the cult minions that, that hold it in place, people who are following instructions, people who are running the patterns that benefit the, the cult leaders or, or, or the, the, the intentional traffickers. We could talk about cults, we can talk about trafficking pretty much in the same breath. Um, the, the major thing that I have been working to communicate since the advent of intuitive public radio um, for, uh, I mean, seven, seven or eight years, um, depending on when we measure it from, has been that a lot of people are running what are essentially trafficking patterns that they don't even necessarily know they're running. Some people know they're doing it and they take advantage of it. A lot of people have no idea that they're doing things that serve the interests of human traffickers. And it was that that was really for me, the main reason I was trafficked was because people in my communities had no idea how they were helping to hold those trafficking pathways in place. Um, and the way that you speak about cult dynamics aligns very closely with that. And when I became very involved with other sex trafficking survivors and survivors of other elements of human trafficking that go on. Um, many people don't necessarily realize that what they've encountered is, is hardship that comes from trafficking intersections. People don't realize how close they are to the trafficking activities. Um, so there are a lot of survivors of various other situations in our network, but the more I worked with other people, the more we compared notes, the more we documented our experiences, it became more and more clear that this was one of the biggest problems that so many people in our communities had no idea they were helping the perpetrators, really often very directly without realizing it. And there's a lot that you describe in the world cult and you um, that there just it, it refers to this pretty specifically, and it's really great for me to get to absorb that in someone else's language. Um, so I'm really grateful for that part, and I'm really enjoying reading it. Well, I appreciate that very much. You know, I um, I definitely am not trying to self-aggrandize in this conversation at all. I'm really, really uh, interested in your your thoughts on it, and 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 I'm. Um, seeking your assistance in unpacking some of the implications of the book for people uh, that it, it might be able to help in some way. And one one piece that just immediately came up for me listening to you just now was this connection between cult behavior or situations and human trafficking of various kinds. And I would love for you to just... Um, dive into that a little deeper for people who may not really get that connection because it is a and you've taught me some about this connection over our various conversations uh, public and private uh, it's not always the most obvious connection but I would like to uh, to uh, uh, 
benefit from your wisdom on this subject because hearing you talk about it, it becomes very obvious where the connection is. So one of the ways that we understand this in the network is that if we're talking about the forces of colonial imperialism, we're essentially talking about human trafficking. We're talking about the ways that um, it, it influences that that have cornered a lot of wealth in whatever way, um, reach in to control populations and, and control economics and influence people's opinions and conversations and be able to direct the flows of resources in the way they want and be able to control land the way they want. Um, where the the people living closest to the land are are often hurt the worst um, and separated from the land in violent ways. And so when we're having this conversation now, after generations of that kind of influence being applied to all of our spaces, all of these structures being created that that many or most or all of us grew up feeling like this is normal, like this is what the normal world is like. But it's not exactly what the normal world is like. It's a very contrived artificial um, set of structures that we're supposed to take for granted, that are supposed to feel normal to us, but it diverts nourishment in a way that actually is not, it's not normal or healthy for our bodies and our bodies know it. Our bodies know that something is wrong. Our bodies are not healthy in these circumstances. Our social interactions are really affected so that our relationships don't quite work the way we think they're going to work because we've been so influenced by all of these things. Um, and when we talk about um, the way in a cult format, um, relationships are co-opted um, there is there is abusiveness. There is um, being forced to do something in a certain way that doesn't necessarily benefit you or include your interests or your well-being. Um, having your your labor or your energy or your resources extracted from you, um, it's not consensual. It's not sovereign. Um, and you may or may not be very clear on what kind of violence you're experiencing because we're not allowed to say that it's violent. Um, those are the kinds of circumstances that trafficking influences thrive in. Um, trafficking operatives and predatory opportunists can step into a substrate like that and take advantage of almost anybody they want because everybody is so disconnected from their bodies, from their natural forms of nourishment, from the from the true idea of a community body, not, not what we've come to think of as community, but um, people living closely with the land and um, preparing meals together and singing songs together and telling stories as a way of communicating uh, wisdom through the generations of of staying connected to our ancestors. A lot of that has been wiped out and replaced with um, industrial modes and um, like like the entertainment complex has taken over the parts of our brains that are for storytelling and making songs together that keep us connected to the collective body because traffickers benefit from becoming the becoming the middlemen in 
relationships with everyone everywhere all the time. So if you have to use their technology, like if you have to use um, social media to communicate, you have traffickers in the middle of your relationships with other people. If you rely on a grocery store chain instead of being able to grow your own food because you've been cut off from, from that wisdom, from those skill sets, um, you have trafficking interests in the middle of your relationships with the land and with your own sources of nourishment. And when we try to step up and say something about that um, and be really clear about it, it gets very transparent in terms of if you know how cult dynamics function, um, the kind of pushback that happens when we try to say, well, actually, it would be healthier for me to do this. It would be healthier for my family if we do this other thing instead. And then you you notice that um, there are various abuse methodologies and silencing methodologies that are brought into play not only intentionally by, by people who seem to directly benefit from that, but also from all of the people who have been running the programming from the abuse structures through the generations that they don't, they don't even know what it is they're defending. They're, they're defending their right to stay imprisoned um, and, and their right to imprison others. And that's how I was trafficked. I, I, um, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a sort of, I'll try to make it a short version um, I became very ill when I was living in Texas um, around 2013, my body started crashing and we didn't know what was going on. And what I, what I found out later was that it was um, uh, largely the environmental toxicity. There, there were a bunch of different toxic exposures in my environments. There was a lot of EMF in my environments and initially what took down my body um, were, were all of these intersections of environmental illness and toxic injury that became more and more severe. And the people around me didn't realize that they had been programmed to push back if I would say, actually, the, the doctors and the establishment are not giving me useful information. They're making things worse for me. Here's what my body says I need to do. Here's here's what my body says is going on. I'm being poisoned by something around me. I have to change something about my environment in order to be safe and healthy. I have to do these these health restoring things in order to be okay. And they were so they were so anchored in allegiance to what you know the the establishment they thought was taking care of them that they actively prevented me from regaining my health and stability so that it just compounded and compounded until it was quite a lot more severe than that but that's what originally made me vulnerable to the human trafficking inf influences that were active in my communities that I didn't know about because I was not vulnerable enough to them yet and so all of those people around me were behaving in a way that reflects cult modalities, but they they didn't, most of them didn't know it. They didn't know that they were right. doing that, but they were helping the trafficking interests in our communities by doing it because they had that allegiance to the, these huge mechanisms of commerce that are active in our 
healthcare and other kinds of resources that so many people rely on. Yes, yes. Well, that thank you for sharing that story. It's very intense and um you know, it brought up a lot about for me, you know, my experience of when I when I became ill back in my 20s, at, you know, at the hands of the of the medical establishment and you know, I I was poisoned in my own way. Um and you know, it took me a while to realize that that fully I realized intellectually, but it took me a while to really grok the extent to which my emotional attachment or my emotional vulnerability created these physical vulnerabilities. So that, you know, when you're talking, I'm I'm thinking about you kind of in that energy grid with these people being a certain way and perhaps already feeding on your energy in some ways. And then you become more susceptible to the toxicity. This is kind of how cults work. They they are part of the feeding mechanism for the world cult and what I'm calling the great parasite at the very top of the world cult, where all of this energy is siphoned upward out of people to power up the reality construct that most people take for just the normal, quote unquote, real world. But it's actually an installation, an overlay. Um, some people want to call it a simulation or a simulacrum. I like calling it a dreamscape because I think we're really talking about just different dreams that we're having. And I think it's much more organic than any kind of technological overlay. But, you know, you really traced uh, some beautiful connections there between trafficking and cultism, one of the issues that I run into in sharing this information with people is that people don't want to hear it because either it uh, triggers them directly or they think they're not part of that problem or it's not part of their problem. People don't realize that the world is a cult. And when we talk about cults, we're just talking about subcults of the reality construct. That is not our own construct, but it is a construct that we help maintain. I say we, meaning people in general. You do that, you help maintain it until you don't help maintain it, until you step away from it, until you walk away from it, and then you begin deflating it. Maybe a little tiny bit only, but somewhat. So there's part of this, um, and I, I don't remember what the post was called, and I think I've read some of it in the book so far. I don't I don't know if I've gotten to that part of the book as much yet, but there was there there was one of your posts about cults um, that was talking about the great parasite. Um, it was it, I, I, I refer to it in my brain as the adversary, like this ultimate conceptualization. Um, and uh, I, I remember sending you excited messages when I read that post because it yeah. was it was so exactly what we in the intuitive network really need to be centering on a lot more because we can get caught up in these smaller stories, but we have a lot of power when we open ourselves up to stepping out of those smaller stories. And the way that you've described this. Um, and tell me if this resonates with with what you're trying to describe. Um, for me, it evokes the the sense of 
if we are all part of the greatest possible conceptualization of a living organism that is all things and all absence of things all all at once this this whole massive unknowable living organism that we are all part of and there is a oneness and then in order for us to know ourself ourselves um and one another um, there has to be a, a an agent of separation. There there has to be something that cuts us off from ourselves, ourself, ourselves, in order to become many living beings instead of one living being. And I, I think of the adversary in those terms. And a lot of what you've said about the parasite resonates that for me. Does does that align with with the way that you are thinking about it? Absolutely, one hundred percent. The um, the basic conceptualization here is that we are the creator. We are the creator experiencing itself as not being the creator originally, <laughs> and then and figuring out that we're the creator, but not really knowing how to create uh, consciously, and then getting better and better at that over time. And that involves walking away from the world cult. It's funny. It's almost like. I, I liken the the great parasite to a kind of mad professor or a, or a histrionic teacher who's overplaying the part of the devil or Lucifer or evil, all of these things that we might project onto it to really to just goad us into becoming. What happens, however, is that it's such a difficult classroom and such a difficult exam to pass that people get sucked down into it and can't get out of it. It's really, it's really like, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a PhD level course in becoming. It really, really is. It's very, very challenging. So you, then you have all of these people who are running their cult scripts, their human downloads as Matt over at quantum of conscience likes to say, and they don't even know they're doing it. And they can't see that any of this applies to them, and yet it defines their entire experience of so-called reality. And, and it keeps feeding so, itself. Part of our, I'm sorry? It keeps feeding itself. Once you're in that state, so we we look at this um, yes, yes. a lot of ways through through how people are programmed. Um, and how people are helping that really fast, Max, just before I lose it, because this, let me just speak to that point really oh, fast. Yes. Sure, sure. Itself, because really what we're talking about is a something that we as creators created, and that is the great parasite. If we want to call that the artificial intelligence, I don't think it's artificial. I think it's an intelligence. It's an organic being of some kind. It's a, it may be just an egregore or a tulpa uh, or a dream being of some kind. That's that's fine. But whatever it is, it's playing the role of bad guy in the construct, and it's and it's receiving our thought energy, our perception energy, our loosh as it travels up the food chain of the world cult. And then it takes that energy and it maintains the world cult. But it's perfectly willing to re to give that energy back when it's taken back. And you don't have to ask its permission. You just do it. And the more people that do that, the more you down, you, the more you disempower the parasite and you take back your own power. Basically, the rules of the game seem to be that it will loose you if you let yourself be loosed. I, I just... <laughs> 
I just did a really funny um, blog that I haven't posted yet, and I'm going to turn it into a little video as well. And it's called um, Reverse Looshing the Looshers. And it's basically where you... You, you, you do a spiritual or energetic Aikido on the great parasite or on cults and cult leaders, whoever, and you take back the energy. And this is a natural part of the game that we're in, the game that we're playing. It's just part of the rules. And it's a teaching tool, almost just like a meter of energy to show which direction your energy is moving in. Is it moving away from you or to you? Is it disempowering you or empowering you? And the whole lesson is to become empowered. And the more you become empowered, basically you're talking about raising your consciousness and your ability to manifest. Ultimately, I think the goal is to become so powerful that you can step out of not just the world cult, but the world and travel on into infinity and become a creator of worlds in full consciousness. I think that's the game here. But right now, we are just trying to figure out what's going on in this world construct and how to navigate that. So that's kind of the first step. And what I've attempted to do in the world, Colton, you is to give people a series of concepts, frameworks, and tools, very pragmatic, practical tools to do what I'm describing here. A, a lot of the reason that it resonates for me is because we, we, we do a lot of work with um helping people deprogram from trafficking programming. And it really does require that kind of conscientiousness, at least from people helping others deprogram, and then uh, increasingly from the person who's deprogramming themselves after having gotten some leverage points in it. Um, but one of the reasons that I and others have found so much value in your work is that there's a lot that you verbalize that helps to anchor what releases those forms of cult programming or trafficking programming. And most people, most places don't even realize that's possible. They, 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 um, people tend to reject and exile one another instead of realizing that a program is being run because they just don't know what to do. But it's actually really possible for us to support one another and support ourselves in um, creating our own world from from within the world construct that that is unfortunately very problematic, but it's teaching us such powerful things. We can do more and more with that. The more aware we are of it, and and repairing our language neurology has been a huge part of that because cults and traffickers destroy relational verbal neurology as part of holding people in place. So your language structures, we have added into our awareness of how we can conceptualize these things and tell one another about them and represent our own experiences that releases people from cult violence. It's super, super nifty. Subscribe to www.intuitivepublicradio.network for parts two and three and find Saul Luckman's work at saulluckman.substack.com. Thank you for listening.